We were bored and alone with COVID at play. Nothing to do with our lives through the day. Then we decided to put on a play. Let's try braving the bard. I'll freeze you in faith. A pair of stocks, you rogue. <laughs> You're a baggage. The Slies are no rogues. Uh, look in the Chronicles. We came in with Richard Conqueror. Therefore, Pacus Palabri, let the world slide. Sasa. You will not pay for the glasses you've burst. No, not a denier. Go by St. Jeronomy, go thy cold bed and warm thee. <gasps> I know my remedy. I must go fetch the headborough. Third or fourth or fifth borough? I'll answer him by law. I'll not budge an inch, boy. Let him come, and kindly. <laughs> Huntsman, I charge thee tender well my hound. Breathe, Merriman. The poor cur is in boast and couple clouded with the deep-mouthed brace. Soust thou not, boy, how silver made it good at the hedge corner, in the coldest fault? I would not lose the dog for twenty pounds. Why, Belman's as good as he, my lord. He cried upon it at the merest loss, and twice today picked out the dullest scent. Trust me, I take him for the better dog. Thou art a fool. If Echo were his fleet, I would esteem him worth a dozen such. But sup them well, and look unto them all. Tomorrow I intend to hunt again. I will, my lord. What's here? One dead or drunk? See doth he breathe. He breathes, my lord. Were he not warmed with ale, this were a bed but cold to sleep so soundly. Oh, monstrous beast. How like a swine he lies. Grim death, how foul and loathsome is thine image. Sirs, I will practice on this drunken man. What think you? If he were conveyed to bed, wrapped in sweet clothes, rings put upon his fingers, a most delicious banquet by his bed, and brave attendants near him when he wakes, would not the beggar then forget himself? Believe me, lord, I think he cannot choose. Even as a flattering dream are worth this fancy, then take him up and manage well the jest. Carry him gently to my fairest chamber, and hang it round with all my wanton pictures. Be ready straight, and with a low submissive reverence, say, What is it, your honor will command? Oh, this do and do it kindly, gentle sirs. It will be past time passing, excellent. If it be husbanded with modesty. My lord, I warrant you we will play our part as he shall think by our true diligence he is no less than what we say he is. Gently and to bed with him. And each one to his office when he wakes. Sirrah, go see what trumpet is that sounds. You like some noble gentleman, that means traveling some journey to repose him here. How now? Who is it? And it please your honor, players that offer service to your lordship. Bid them come near. Now, fellows, you are welcome. We thank your honor. Do you intend to stay with me tonight? So please your lordship to accept our duty. With all my heart. This fellow I remember, since once he played a farmer's eldest son. Twas where you wooed the gentlewoman so well. I have forgot your name, but sure that part was aptly fitted and naturally performed. I think twas Soto that Tarana means. Tis very true. Thou didst it excellent. Well, you are come to me in happy time. The rather for I have some sport in hand wherein your cunning can assist me much. There is a lord will hear you play tonight, but I am doubtful of your modesties. 
lest over-eyeing of his odd behavior, for yet his honor never heard a play. You break into some merry passion, and so offend him, for I tell you, sirs, if you should smile, he grows impatient. Fear not, my lord. We can contain ourselves were he the veriest antic in the world. Go, sirrah, take them to the buttery, and give them friendly welcome everyone. Let them want nothing that my house affords. Sirrah, go you to Bartholomew, my page, and see him dressed in all, <laughs> in all suits like a lady. That done, conduct him to the drunkard's chamber and call him Madam. <laughs> Do him obeisance. Tell him from me, as he will win my love. He bear himself with honorable action, which, in a napkin being closed conveyed, shall in spite enforce a watery eye. See this dispatched with all the haste thou canst. Anon, I'll give thee more instructions. I know the boy will well usurp the grace. Voice, gait, and an action of a gentlewoman. I long to hear him call the drunkard, Husband! And how my men will stay themselves from laughter. When they do homage to the simple peasant, I'll interconsole them. Happily my presence may well abate the overmerry spleen, which otherwise would grow into extremes. sake a pot of small ale will it please your lord drink a cup of sack will it please your honor a taste of these concerts what raiment will your honor wear today <laughs> i am christopher o'sly uh, call me not honor or lordship i never drink sack in my life and if you give me any conserves give me conserves of beef never ask me what raiment i'll wear for i have no more doublets than backs no more stockings than legs no more shoes than feet Nay, more feet than shoes, or, or such shoes as my toes look through the over-leather. Haven't says this ideal humor in your honor. Oh, the mighty man of such descent, of such possessions, and so high esteem, should be infused with so foul a spirit. What, would you make me mad? Uh Am not I Christopher Sly, old Sly son of Burton Heath, uh, by birth a peddler, by education a card maker, by transmutation a bear herd, and now by present profession a tinker? Uh, uh, ask Marion Hackett, the fat alewife of Wincott, if she know me not. If she say I am not fourteen pence on the score for sheer ale, score me up for the lyingest knave in Christendom. Uh, why, I am not bestraught. Oh, this it is that makes your lady mourn. Oh, this is that makes your servants droop. Hence comes it that your kindred shuns your house, as beaten hence by your strange lunacy. Oh, noble lord, bethink thee of thy birth. Call home thy ancient thoughts from banishment, and banish hence these abject lowly dreams. And look. How thy servants do attend on thee, each in his office ready at thy back. Wilt thou have music? Hark, Apollo plays, and twenty gay-jed nightingales do sing. Or wilt thou sleep? We'll have thee to a couch, softer and sweeter than the lustful bed on purpose trimmed up for Semiramis. Say thou wilt walk, we will bestrew the ground, or wilt thou ride? Thy horses shall be trapped, their harness studded all with gold and pearl. Dost thou love hawking? Thou ass hawks will soar above the morning lark. Or wilt thou hunt? 
Thy hounds shall make the welkin answer them, and fetch shrill echoes from the hollow earth. Say thou wilt, course. Thy greyhounds are as swift as breathed stags, aye, fleeter than the rock. Dost thou love pictures? We will fetch thee straight. Adon is painted by a running brook, and Cytheria all in sedges hid, which seems to move and wanton with her breath, even as the waving sedges play with wind. We'll show the Io, as she was a maid, and how she was beguiled and surprised, as lively painted as the deed was done. Or Daphne roaming through a thorny wood, scratching her legs, that one shall swear she bleeds, and at that sight shall sad Apollo weep, so workmanly the blood and tears are drawn. Thou art a lord, and nothing but a lord. Thou hast a lady far more beautiful than any woman in this waning age. Until the tears that she hath shed for thee, like envious floods, o'errun her lovely face, she was the fairest creature in the world. And yet she is inferior to none. Am I a lord, and have I such a lady? <laughs> or do I dream? Or have I dreamed till now? I, I do not sleep. I, I see, I hear, I speak. I smell sweet savors and feel soft things. Upon my life, I am a lord indeed, <laughs> and not a tinker nor Christopher Sly. Well, bring our lady hither to our sight, and once again, a pot of ale, the smallest ale. Will it please your mightiness to wash your hands? Oh, how we joy to see your wit restored. Oh, that once more you knew but what you are. These fifteen years you have been in a dream, or when you waked, so waked as if you slept. These fifteen years, oh, by my fair goodly nap. <laughs> But did I never speak of all that time? Oh yes, my lord, but very idle words, for though you lay here in this goodly chamber, yet would you say you were beaten out of door and rail upon the hostess of the house, and, and say you would present her at the leet because she brought stone jugs and no sealed courts, sometimes you would call out for Sicily Hackett? Aye, the woman's maid of the house. Why, sir, you know no house, nor no such maid, nor no such men as you have reckoned up, as Stephen Sly and old John. Napes of Crete, and Peter Turf, and Henry Pimpernel, and twenty more such names and men as these, which never were, nor no man ever saw. Now, Lord, be thanked for my good amends. Amen. Amen. I thank thee, thou shalt not lose by it. Are you my wife, and will not call me husband? My men should call me lord. I am your good man. My husband and my lord. My lord and husband. I am your wife in all obedience. <laughs> uh, uh, I know it well. <laughs> uh, what must I call her? Madam. Alice, madam, or... Joan, madam. Madam, and nothing else. So lords call ladies. Madam wife, uh, they say I have dreamed and slept above some fifteen year or more. Aye, and the time seems thirty unto me, being all this time abandoned from your bed. Aye, <laughs> it is much. <laughs> uh, servants, leave me and her alone. Uh, madam, Undress you, and come now to bed. Uh, uh, thrice, noble lord, let me entreat of you to pardon me yet for a night or two, or if not so, until the sun be set, for your physicians have expressly charged in peril to incur your former malady th that I should yet be absent from your bed. I hope this reason stands for my excuse. Ah, it stands so that I may hardly tarry so long, but I would be loath to fall into my dreams again. I will therefore tarry in despite of the flesh and blood. <clears throat> Your Honor! 
Players, players, hearing your amendment, are come to play a pleasant comedy, for so your doctors hold it very meet. Seeing too much sadness hath congealed your blood, and melancholy is the nurse of frenzy. Therefore, they thought it good you hear a play, and frame your mind to mirth and merriment, which bars a thousand harms and lengthens life. Marry, I will. Let them play it. Uh, is not a comedy a, a Christmas gambled or a tumbling trick? No, my good lord. It is more pleasing stuff. What, household stuff? It is a kind of history. Well, we'll see it. Come, madam wife, sit by me side and let the world slip. We shall never be younger. Tranio, since for the great desire I had to see fair Padua, nursery of arts, I am arrived for fruitful Lombardy, the pleasant garden of great Italy. And by my father's love and leave am armed with his goodwill and thy good company. My trusty servant, well approved in all, here let us breathe and haply institute a course of learning and ingenious studies. Pisa, renowned for grave citizens, gave me my being, and my father first, a merchant of great traffic through the world. Vincenzo, come of the Bentivoli, Vincenzo's son, brought up in Florence. It shall become to serve all hopes conceived, to deck his fortune with his virtuous deeds. And therefore, Tranio, for the time I study virtue, and that part of philosophy will I apply that treats of happiness by virtue specifically to be achieved. Tell me thy mind, for I have Pisa left and am to Padua come, as he that leaves a shallow plash to plunge him in the deep, and with satiety seeks to quench his thirst. Me, Perdonato, gentle master mine, I am in all affected as yourself, Glad that you thus continue your resolve to suck the sweets of sweet philosophy. Only, good master, while we do admire this virtue and this moral discipline, let's be no Stoics nor no Stocks, I pray, or so devote to Aristotle's checks as Ovid be an outcast quite abjured. Balk logic with acquaintance that you have, and practice rhetoric in your common talk. Music and poesy used to quicken you, the mathematics and the metaphysics fall to them as you find your stomach serves you. No profit grows where is no pleasure tain. In brief, sir, study what you most affect. Gramercy's Tranio, well dost thou advise. If Biondello thou wert come ashore, we could at once put us in readiness and take a lodging fit to entertain such friends as in time in Padua shall beget. But stay a while. What company is this? Master, some show to welcome us to town. Gentlemen, importune me no farther, for how I firmly am resolved, you know. That is, not to bestow my youngest daughter before I have a husband for the elder. If either of you both love Catherine, because I know you well and love you well, Leave shall you have to court her at your pleasure. To cart her, rather. She's too rough for me. There, there, Hortensio, will you, any wife? I pray you, sir, is it your will to make a stale of me amongst these mates? Mates, maid? <laughs> How mean you that? No mates for you unless you are of gentler, 
milder mold. If faith, sir, you shall never need to fear. I wist it is not halfway to her heart. But if it were, doubt not her care should be to comb your noddle with a three-legged stool and paint your face and use you like a fool. <laughs> From all such devils, good lord, deliver us. And me too, good lord. Hushed, master, here's some good pastime toward. That wench is stark mad or wonderful froward. But in the other silence do I see maids, mild behavior and sobriety. Peace, Tranio. Well said, master. Mum, and gaze your fill. Gentlemen, that I may soon make good what I have said. Bianca, get you in, and let it not displease thee, good Bianca. For I will love thee ne'ertheless, my girl. Aw, oh, pretty Pete. It is best put finger in the eye, and she knew why. Sister, content you in my discontent. Sir, to your pleasure, humbly I subscribe. My books and instruments shall be my company, on them to look and practice by myself. Hark, Tranio, thou mayst hear Minerva speak. Signor Baptista, will you be so strange? Sorry am I that our goodwill affects Bianca's grief. Why will you mure up, Signor Baptista, for this fiend of hell, and make her bear the penance of her tongue? Gentlemen, content you. I am resolved. Go in, Bianca. And for I know she taketh most delight in music, instruments, and poetry. Schoolmasters will I keep within my house, fit to instruct her youth. If you, Hortensio, or Signor Gremio, you know any such, prefer them hither. For to cunning men I will be very kind and liberal to mine own children in good bringing up. And so, farewell. Catherine, you may stay, for I have more to commune with Bianca. Why, and I trust I may go to, may I not? What, shall I be appointed hours, as though, belike, I knew not what to take and what to leave? Ha! You may go to the devil's dam. Your gifts are so good, here's none will hold you. Their love is not so great, Hortensio, but we may blow our nails together and fast it fairly out. Our cakes dough on both sides. Farewell, yet for the love I bear my sweet Bianca. If I can by any means light on a fit man to teach her that wherein she delights, I will wish him to her father. So will I, Signor Gremio. But a word, I pray. Though the nature of our quarrel yet never brooked parl, know now upon advice it toucheth us both that we may yet again have access to our fair mistress and be happy rivals in Bianca's love to labor and effect one thing specially. What's that, I pray? Marry, sir, to get a husband for her sister. A husband? A devil! I say a husband! I say a devil. Thinkst thou, Hortensio, though her father be very rich, any man is so very a fool to be married to hell? Tush, Gremio! Though it pass your patience and mine to endure her loud allurums, why, man, there be good fellows in the world, and a man could light on them, would take her with all her faults, and money enough. I cannot tell, but I had as lief take her dowry with this condition. To be whipped at the high cross every morning. Faith, as you say, there's small choice in rotten apples. But come, since this bar-in-law makes us friends, it shall be so far forth friendly maintained, till by helping Baptista's eldest daughter to a husband, we set his youngest free for a husband, and then have to afresh. Sweet Bianca, <laughs> happy man be his dole. 
He that runs the fastest gets the ring. How say you, Senor Gremio? I pray, sir, is it possible that love should of a sudden take such hold? I am agreed, and would I had given him the best horse in Padua to begin his wooing that would thoroughly woo her, wed her, and bed her, and rid the house of her. Oh, Tranio, till I found it to be true, I never thought it possible or likely. But see, while idly I stood looking on, I found the effect of love and idleness, and now in plainness do confess to thee that art to me as secret and as dear as Anna to the Queen of Carthage was. Tranio, I burn, I pine, I perish, Tranio! If I achieve not this young modest girl, Counsel me, Tranio, for I know thou canst. Assist me, Tranio, for I know thou wilt. Master, it is no time to chide you now. Affection is not rated from the heart. If love have touched you, naught remains but so. Redime te captum quant pueis minimum. <sighs> Gramercies, lad. Go forward. This contents. The rest will comfort, for thy counsel sound. Master, you looked so longly on the maid, perhaps you marked not what's the pith of all. Oh, yes, I saw sweet beauty in her face, such as the daughter of Agenor had, that made great Jove to humble him to her hand, when with his knees he kissed the Cretan sand. Saw you no more? Marked you not how her sister began to scold and raise up such a storm that mortal ears might hardly endure the din? Tranio, I saw her coral lips to move, and with her breath she did perfume the air. Sacred and sweet was all I saw in her. Nay, then, tis time to stir him from his trance. I pray, awake, sir. If you love the maid, bend thoughts and wits to achieve her. Thus it stands. Her elder sister is so cursed and shrewd that till the father rid his hands of her, Master, your love must live a maid at home, and therefore has he closely mewed her up because she will not be annoyed with suitors. Ah, Tranio, what a cruel father's he! But art thou not advised he took some care to get her cunning schoolmasters to instruct her? Ay, Mari, am I, sir? And now tis plotted! I have it, Tranio. Master, for my hand, both our inventions meet and jump in one. Tell me thine first. You will be schoolmaster and undertake the teaching of the maid. That's your device. It is. May it be done? Not possible. For who shall bear your part and be in Padua here, Vincenzio's son? Keep house and ply his book, welcome his friends, visit his countrymen, and banquet them. Basta, content thee, for I have it full. We have not yet been seen in any house, nor can we be distinguished by our faces for man or master. Then it follows thus. Thou shalt be master, Tranio, in my stead. Keep house and port and servants as I should. I will some other be, some Florentine, some Neapolitan, or meaner man of Pisa. Tis hatched and shall be so, Tranio, at once uncase thee. Take my colored hat and cloak. When Biondello comes, he waits on thee, but I will charm him first to keep his tongue. So had you need. In brief, sir, sithit your pleasure is, and I am tied to be obedient, for so your father charged me at our parting, be serviceable to my son, quoth he, although I think it was in another sense. I am content to be Lucenzio, because so well I love Lucenzio. Tranio, be so because Lucenzio loves, and let me be slave to achieve that maid whose sudden sight hath thralled my wounded eye. Here comes the rogue. Sirrah, where have you been? Where have I been? Nay, how now, where are you? Master, has my fellow Tranio stolen your clothes? Or you stolen his? Or both? Pray, what's the news? Sirrah, come hither, tis no time to jest, and therefore frame your manners to the time. Your fellow Tranio here, to save my life, puts my apparel and my countenance on, and I for my escape have put on his. 
For in a quarrel since I came ashore, I killed a man and fear I was descried. Wait you on him, I charge you as becomes, while I make my way from here to save my life. You understand me? Aye, sir. Narrow wit. And not a jot of Tranio in your mouth. Tranio is changed into Lucenzio. The better for him. Would I were so too. So could I, faith, boy, to have the next wish after, that Lucenzio indeed had Baptista's youngest daughter. But, Sirrah, not for my sake, but for your master's, I advise you use your manners discreetly in all kind of companies. When I am alone, why then I am Tranio, but in all places else, your master Lucenzio. Tranio, let's go. One thing more rests that thyself execute to make one among these wooers. If thou ask me why, sufficeth my reasons are both good and weighty. Wrong me not, nor wrong yourself to make a bondmaid and a slave of me, that I disdain. But for these other goods, unbind my hands, I'll pull them off myself, yea, all my raiment to my petticoat, or what you will command me, will I do, so well I know my duty to my elders. <laughs> of all thy suitors here, I charge thee, tell whom thou lovest best, see thou dissemble not. Believe me, sister, of all the men alive, I never yet beheld that special face which I could fancy more than any other. Minion, thou liest. Is not Hortensio? If you affect him, sister, here, I swear, I'll plead for you myself, but you shall have him. Oh, then be like you fancy riches more. You will have Gremio to keep you fair. Is it for him you do envy me so? Nay, then you jest. For now I well perceive you have but jested with me all this while. I prithee, Sister Kate, untie my hands. If that be jest, then all the rest was so. Why, how now, dame, whence grows this insolence? Bianca, stand aside. Poor girl, she weeps. Go ply thy needle, meddle not with her. For shame, thou hilding of a devilish spirit. Why dost thou wrong her that did ne'er wrong thee? When did she cross thee with a bitter word? Her silence flouts me, and I'll be revenged. What in my sight? Bianca, get thee in. What? Will you not suffer me? Nay, now I see. She is your treasure. She must have a husband. I must dance barefoot on her wedding day, and for your love to her, lead apes in hell. Talk not to me. I will go sit and weep till I can find occasion of revenge. Was ever gentleman thus grieved as I? But who comes here? Good morrow, neighbor Baptista. Good morrow, neighbor Gremio. God save you, gentlemen. And you, good sir. Pray, have you not a daughter called Katharina, fair and virtuous? I have a daughter, sir, called Katharina. You are too blunt. Go to it orderly. <laughs> you wrong me, Signor Gremio. Give me leave. I am a gentleman of Verona, sir. That hearing of her beauty and her wit, her affability and bashful modesty, her wondrous qualities and mild behavior, am bold to show myself a forward guest within your house to make mine eye the witness of that report which I so oft have heard. And for an entrance to my entertainment, I do present you with a man of mine. 
cunning in music and the mathematics to instruct her fully in those sciences, whereof I know she is not arrogant. Accept of him, or else you do me wrong. His name is Lydio, born in Mantua. You're welcome, sir, and he for your good sake. But for my daughter Catherine, this I know. She is not for your turn. The more my grief... I see you do not mean to part with her, or else you like not of my company. Mistake me not, I speak but as I find. Whence are you, sir? What may I call your name? Petruchio is my name, Antonio's son. A man well known throughout all Italy. I know him well. You are welcome for his sake. Shaving your tail, Petruchio, I pray let us that are poor petitioners speak too. Baccara, you are marvelous forward. Oh, pardon me, Signor Gremio. I would fain be doing. I doubt it not, sir, but you will curse your wooing. Neighbor, this is a gift very grateful, I am sure of it, to express the like kindness myself that have been more kindly beholding to you than any, freely give unto you this young scholar that have been long studying at Reims, as cunning in Greek, Latin, and other languages as the other in music and mathematics. His name is Cambio. Pray accept his service. A thousand thanks, Signor Gremio. Welcome, good Cambio. But, gentle sir, methinks you walk like a stranger. May I be so bold to know the cause of your coming? Pardon me, sir. The boldness is mine own. That being a stranger in this city here do make myself a suitor to your daughter. Unto Bianca, fair and virtuous. Nor is your firm resolve unknown to me in the preferment of the eldest sister. This liberty is all that I request, that, upon knowledge of my parentage, I may have welcome amongst the rest that woo, and free access and favor as the rest. And toward the education of your daughters, I here bestow a simple instrument and this small packet of Greek and Latin books. If you accept them, then their worth is great. Lucenzio is your name. Of whence, I pray? Of Pisa, sir, son to Vincenzio. A mighty man of Pisa. By report, I know him well. You are very welcome, sir. Take you the lute, and you the set of books. You shall go see your pupils presently. Hola, within! Sirrah, lead these gentlemen to my daughters, and tell them both these are their tutors. Bid them use them well. We will go walk a little in the orchard. And then to dinner. You are passing welcome, and so I pray you all to think yourselves. Then tell me, if I get your daughter's love, what dowry shall I have with her to wife? After my death, the one half of my lands, and in possession, twenty thousand crowns. And for that dowry, I'll assure her of her widowhood, be it that she survive me, in all my lands and leases whatsoever. Let specialties be therefore drawn between us, that covenants may be kept on either hand. Aye, when the special thing is well obtained, that is, her love, for that is all in all. <laughs> Why, that is nothing, for I tell you, father, I am as peremptory as she proud-minded. And where two raging fires meet together, they do consume the thing that feeds their fury. Though little fire grows great with little wind, Yet extreme gusts will blow out fire and all. So I to her, and so she yields to me. For I am rough and woo not like a babe. Well mayst thou woo, and happy be thy speed. But be thou armed for some unhappy words. Aye, to the proof. As mountains are for winds that shakes not, though they blow perpetually. Ow. Ow. <gasps> How now, my friend? Why dost thou look so pale? For fear I promise you if I look pale. What, will my daughter prove a good musician? I think she'll sooner prove a soldier. Iron may hold with her, but never lutes. 
Why then, thou canst not break her to the lute? Why, no, for she hath broke the lute to me. I did but tell her she mistook her frets and bowed her hand to teach her fingering, when, with a most impatient devilish spirit, Frats call you these, quoth she, I'll fume with them. And with that word she struck me on the head, and threw the instrument my pate made way. And there I stood, amazed for a while, as on a pillory, looking through the lute, while she did call me rascal fiddler and twangling jack with twenty such vile terms as had she studied to misuse me so. <laughs> now by the world it is a lusty wench. I love her ten times more than e'er I did. Oh, how I long to have some chat with her. Well, go with me and be not so discomfited. Proceed and practice with my younger daughter. She's apt to learn and thankful for good turns. Signor Petruccio, will you go with us, or shall I send my daughter Kate to you? I pray you do. I'll attend her here and woo her with some spirit when she comes. Say that she rail, why, then I'll tell her plain. She sings as sweetly as then I'll tell her plain. She sings as sweetly as an- I'll say she looks as clear as morning roses, newly washed with dew. Say she be mute, and will not speak a word. Then I'll commend her volubility, and say she uttereth piercing eloquence. If she do bid me pack, I'll give her thanks as though she bid me stay by her a week. If she deny to wed, I'll crave the day when I shall ask the bands, and when be married. But here she comes! And now, Petruchio, speak. Good morrow, Kate, for that's your name, I hear. Well have you heard, but something hard of hearing. They call me Catherine that do talk of me. You lie. In faith, for you are called plain Kate. And Bonnie Kate, and sometimes Kate the Cursed. But Kate, the prettiest Kate in Christendom. Kate of Kate Hall, my super dainty Kate. For dainties are all Kates. And therefore, Kate, take this of me. Kate of my consolation, hearing thy mildness praised in every town, thy virtue spoke of and thy beauty sounded, yet not so deeply as to thee belongs. Myself am moved to woo thee for my wife. Moved in good time. Let him that moved you hither remove you hence. I knew you at the first. You were immovable. Why, what's immovable? A joint stool. <laughs> Thou hast hit it. Come, sit on me. Asses are made to bear, and so are you. Women are made to bear, and so are you. No such jade as you, if me you mean. Alas, good Kate, I will not burden thee. For knowing thee to be but young and light. Too light for such a swain as you to catch, and yet as heavy as my weight should be. Should be? Should buzz? Well taken, and like a buzzard. Oh, slow-winged turtle, shall a buzzard take thee? Aye, for a turtle, as he takes a buzzard. Come, come, you wasp. If faith, you are too angry. If I be waspish, best beware my sting. <laughs> My remedy is then to pluck it out. Aye, if the fool could find it where it lies. Who knows not where a wasp does wear his sting? In his tail. In his tongue. Whose tongue? Yours, if you talk of tails, and so, farewell. What, with my tongue in your tail? Nay, come again, good Kate. I am a gentleman. <gasps> that I'll try! I swear I'll cuff you if you strike again! So may you lose your arms. If you strike me, you are no gentleman, and if no gentleman, why then no arms. A herald, Kate? Oh, put me in thy books. What is your crest, a coxcomb? A combless cock, so Kate will be my hen. No cock of mine. You crow too like a craven. Nay, come, Kate, come. You must not look so sour. It is my fashion when I see a crab. Why, here's no crab. 
and therefore look not sour. There is, there is. Then show it me. Had I a glass, I would. What, you mean my face? Well aimed of such a young one. Now by St. George, I am too young for you. Yet you are withered. Tis with cares. I care not. Nay, hear you, Kate. In sooth, you scape not so. I chafe you if I tarry. Let me go. No, not a whit. I find you passing gentle. Twas told me you were rough and coy and sullen, and now I find report a very liar. For thou art pleasant, gamesome, passing, courteous, but slow in speech, yet sweet as springtime flowers. Thou canst not frown. Thou canst not look askance, nor bite the lip as angry wenches will, nor hast thou pleasure to be cross in talk. But thou with mildness entertainest thy wooers, with gentle conference, soft and affable. Why does the world report that Kate doth limp? O oh, slanderous world! Kate like the hazel twig is straight and slender and as brown in hue as hazelnuts, and sweeter than the kernels. Oh, let me see thee walk! Thou dost not halt. Go, fool, and who thou keep'st command. Did ever Diane so become a grove as Kate this chamber with her princely gate? Oh, be thou Diane, and let her be Kate, and then let Kate be chaste and Diane sportful. Where did you study all this goodly speech? It is exemplary from my mother wit. A witty mother, witless else her son. Am I not wise? Yes, keep you warm. Merry, so I mean, sweet Catherine, in thy bed. And therefore, setting all this chat aside, thus in plain terms, your father hath consented that you shall be my wife, your dowry greed on, and will you, nil you, I will marry you. Now, Kate, I am a husband for your turn. For by this light where be I see thy beauty, thy beauty that doth make me like thee well. For thou must be married to no man but me. For I am him born to tame you, Kate, and bring you from a wild Kate to a Kate conformable as other household Kates. Here comes your father. Never make denial. I must and will have Catherine to my wife. Now, Signor Petruchio, how speed you with my daughter? How but well, sir, how but well. It were impossible I should speed amiss. Why, how now, daughter Catherine, in your dumps? Call you me daughter? Now I promise you, you have showed a tender fatherly regard to wish me wed to one half lunatic, a madcap ruffian, and a swearing jack that thinks with oaths to face the matter out. Father, tis thus yourself and all the world that talked of her have talked amiss of her. If she be cursed, it is for policy. For she's not froward, but modest as the dove. She is not hot, but temperate as the morn. For patience, she will prove a second gristle, and Roman Lucrece for her chastity. And to conclude, we have greed so well together that upon Sunday is the wedding day. I'll see thee hanged on Sunday first. Hark, Petruchio, she says she'll see thee hanged first. Be patient, gentlemen. I choose her for myself. If she and I be pleased, what's that to you? Tis bargained, twixt us twain being alone, that she shall still be cursed in company. I tell you, tis incredible to believe how much she loves me. Oh, the kindest Kate. She hung about my neck and kiss on kiss. She vied so fast, protesting oath on oath, that in a twink she won me to her love. Oh, you are novices. Tis a world to see how tame when men and women are alone. A meacock wretch can make the cursedest shrew. Give me thy hand, Kate. I will unto Venice to buy apparel against the wedding day. Provide the feast, father, and bid the guests I will be sure my Catherine shall be fine. I know not what to say, but give me your hands. God send you joy, Petruchio. Tis a match. Amen, say we. We will be witnesses. Father and wife and gentlemen, adieu. I will to Venice, Sunday comes apace. We will have rings and things and fine array. And kiss me, Kate, we will be married o' Sunday.
idler forbear. You grow too forward, sir. Have you so soon forgot the entertainment her sister Catherine welcomed you withal? But, wrangling pedant, this is the patroness of heavenly harmony. Then give me leave to have prerogative, and when in music we have spent an hour, your lecture shall have leisure for as much. Preposterous ass that never read so far to know the cause why music was ordained. Was it not to refresh the mind of man after his studies or his usual pain? Then give me leave to read philosophy, and while I pause, serve in your harmony. Sarah, I will not bear these braves of thine. Why, gentlemen, you do me double wrong to strive for that which resteth in my choice. I am no breaching scholar in the schools. I'll not be tied to hours nor pointed times, but learn my lessons as I please myself. And to cut off all strife, here, sit we down. Take you your instrument, play you the wiles. His lecture will be done ere you have tuned. <sighs> You'll leave his lecture when I am in tune? That will be never. Tune your instrument. Where left we last? Here, madam. Hicabat Samoa Hicest Sigiatalis Hicstetrat Priami Regius Elsasanis. Conster them. Hicabat, as I told you before, Samoa, I am Lucenzio Hicest. Son unto Vincenzio of Pisa. Sigie tell us, disguised thus to get your love. Hicstetrat, and that Lucenzio that comes a wooing, Priami, is my Mantranio. Regia, bearing my port, Celsus that we might beguile the old pantaloon. Madam! I am in tune. Let's hear. Oh, fie, the treble jars. <clears throat> Spit in the hole, man, and tune again. You may go walk and... Now let me see if I can conster it. My lessons make no music I know you not. Hicke sigia tellus, I trust you not. Hic staturit priami, take heed he hear us not. Regia, presume not. Celsa senis, despair not. Madam! Uh, tis now in tune. All but the base. The base is right. Tis the base knave that jars. How fat! <coughs> How fiery and forward our pen it is! Now for my life, the knave doth court my love. Pedescule, I'll watch you better yet. In time I may believe, yet I mistrust. Mistrust it not, for sure as cities was Ajax, called so from his grandfather. I must believe my master, else I promise you I should be arguing still upon that doubt. But let it rest. Now, Lydio, to you. Good master, take it not unkindly, pray, that I have been thus pleasant with you both. You may go walk and give me leave a while. My lessons make no music in three parts. Are you so formal, sir? Well, I must wait. And watch withal, for, but I be deceived, our fine musician groweth amorous. 
Uh, madam, before you touch the instrument, to learn the order of my fingering, I must begin with the rudiments of art. To teach you, Gamut, in a briefer sort, more pleasant, pithy, and effectual than hath been taught by any of my trade. And here it is, in writing fairly Why, drawn. I am past my gamut long ago. Yet read the gamut of Hortensio. <coughs> Hortensio. <laughs> I am the ground of all accord. A ray to plead Hortensio's passion. Be me, Bianca, take him for thy lord. See fa ut that loves with all affection. Di sol re, one clef, two notes have I. E la mi, show pity or I die. Call you this gamut? <laughs> Tut. I like it not. Old fashions please me best. I am not so nice to change true rules for odd inventions. Faith, mistress, then I have no cause to stay. Signor Lucenzio, this is the pointed day that Catherine and Petruchio should be married, and yet we hear not of our son-in-law. What will be said? What mockery will it be to want the bridegroom when the priest attends to speak the ceremonial rites of marriage? What says Lucenzio to this shame of ours? No shame but mine. I must, forsooth, be forced to give my hand, opposed against my heart, unto a mad brain Rudesby, full of spleen, who wooed in haste and means to wed at leisure. I told you I, he was a frantic fool, hiding his bitter jests in blunt behavior, and, to be noted for a merry man, he'll woo a thousand, point the day of marriage, make friends, invite, and proclaim the bands yet never means to wed where he hath wooed. Now must the world point at poor Catherine, and say, Lo, there is mad Petruchio's wife, if it would please him come and marry her. Patience, good Catherine, and Baptista too. Upon my life, Petruchio means but well, whatever fortune stays him from his word. Though he be blunt, I know him passing wise. Though he be merry, yet withal he's honest. Would Catherine had never seen him, though! Go, girl. I cannot blame thee now to weep, for such an injury would vex a very saint, much more a shrew of thy impatient humor. Master, master, news! And such old news as you never heard of. Is it new and old, too? How may that be? Why, is not news to hear of Petruchio's coming? Is he come? Why, no, sir. He is coming. When will he be here? When he stands where I am and sees you there. But say, what to thine old news? Why, Petruchio is coming in a new hat and an old jerkin, a pair of old breeches thrice turned, a pair of boots that have been candle cases, one buckled, another laced, an old rusty sword tan out of the town armory, with a broken hilt, and chapless, with two broken points, his horse hipped with an old mothy saddle, ugh, and syrups of no kindred, besides possessed with the glanders and like to mose in the chine, 
troubled with the lumpass, infected with the fashions, full of wind galls, sped with spavens, rayed with the yellows, past cure of the fives, stark spoiled with the staggers, be gnawn with the bots. Swayed in the back and shoulders shotten, near legged before, and with a half cheeked bit and head stall of sheep's leather, which, being restrained to keep him from stumbling, hath been often burst, and now repaired with knots. One girth six time pieced, and a woman's crouper of velour, which hath two letters for her name fairly set down in studs, and here and there picked with pack thread. Who comes with him? Oh, sir, his lackey for all the world caparisoned like the horse with a linen stock on one leg and a cursy boot hose on the other, guarded with red and blue list, an old hat, and the humor of forty fancies pricked in it for a feather. A monster, a very monster in apparel, and not like a Christian footboy or gentleman's lackey. Tis some odd humor pricks him to this fashion. Yet oftentimes he goes but mean apparelled. I am glad he's come, howsoe'er he comes. Why, sir, he comes not. Didst thou not say he comes? Who? That Petruchio came? Aye, that Petruchio came. Oh, no, sir. I say his horse comes with him on his back. Why... That's all one. Nay, by St. Jimmy, I'll hold you a penny. A horse and a man is more than one, and yet not many. Come, where be these gallants? Who's at home? You are welcome, sir. And yet... I come not... well. And yet, you halt not. Not so well apparelled as I wish you were. But where is Kate? Where is my lovely bride? How does my father? Ah, uh, gentles methinks you frown, and wherefore gaze this goodly company, as if they saw some wondrous monument, some comet, or unusual prodigy? Why, sir... You know this is your wedding day. First we were sad, fearing you would not come. Now sadder, that you come so unprovided. Fie! Doth this habit! Shame to your state! And eyesore to our solemn festival! And tell us what occasion of import hath all so long detained you from your wife, and sent you hither so unlike yourself. Tedious it were to tell and harsh to hear, sufficeth I am come to keep my word, though in some part enforced to digress, which at more leisure I will so excuse, as you shall well be satisfied with all. But where is Kate? I stay too long from her. The morning wears, tis time we were at church. See not your bride in these unreverent robes. Go to my chamber, put on clothes of mine. Not I, believe me. Thus I'll visit her. But thus, I trust, you will not marry her. Good sooth, even thus. Therefore, ha! Done with words. To me she's married, not unto my clothes. Could I repair what she will wear in me, as I can change these poor accoutrements? Twere well for Kate, and better for myself. But what a fool I am to chat with you, when I should bid you good morrow to my bride, and seal the title with a lovely kiss. Gentlemen and friends, I thank you for your pains. I know you think to dine with me today, and have prepared great store of wedding cheer. But so it is, my haste doth call me hence, and therefore here I mean to take my leave. Is't possible you will away tonight? I must away today before night come. Make it no wonder. If you knew my business, you would entreat me rather go than stay. And honest company, I thank you all that have beheld me give away myself to this most patient, sweet, and virtuous wife. Dine with my father, drink a health to me, for I must hence and farewell to you all. 
Let us entreat you stay till after dinner. It may not be. Let me entreat you. It cannot be. Let me entreat you. I am content. Are you content to stay? I am content you shall entreat me stay, but yet not stay. Entreat me how you can. Now, if you love me, stay. Grumio, my horse! Aye, sir, they be ready. The oats have eaten the horses. Nay then, do what thou canst. I will not go today. No, nor tomorrow, not till I please myself. The door is open, sir. There lies your way. You may be jogging whilst your boots are green. For me, I'll not be gone till I please myself. Tis like you'll prove a jolly surly groom that take it on you at the first so roundly. Oh, Kate, content thee. Prithee, be not angry. I will be angry. What hast thou to do? Father, be quiet. He shall stay my leisure. Aye, Mary, sir, now it begins to work. Gentlemen, forward to the bridal dinner. I see a woman may be made a fool if she had not a spirit to resist. They shall go forward, Kate, at thy command. Obey the bride, you that attend on her. Go to the feast, reveal and domineer, carouse full measures to her maiden head. Be mad and merry, or go hang yourselves. But for my bonny Kate, she must with me. Nay, look not big, nor stamp, nor stare, nor fret. I will be master of what is mine own. She is my goods, my chattels, she is my house, my household stuff, my field, my barn, my horse, my ox, my ass, my anything. And here she stands. Touch her whoever dare. I'll bring mine action on to the proudest he that stops my way in Padua. Grumio, draw forth thy weapon. We are beset with thieves. Rescue thy mistress if thou be a man. Fear not, sweet wench. They shall not touch thee, Kate. I'll buckle thee against a million. Nay, let them go. A couple of quiet ones. Went they not quickly, I should die with laughing. Of all mad matches, never was the like. Neighbors and friends, though bride and bridegroom wants for to supply the places at the table, you know there wants no junkets at the feast. Lucenzio, you shall supply the bridegroom's place, and let Bianca take her sister's room.